What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hello and welcome back. Or if you are new, welcome to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am your host, Movie Mike. I'm a guy who loves talking about movies and that's what I do every single week. I talk to actors, directors, and give you spoiler-free reviews on all the latest movies and break down movie trailers of movies coming to you soon, streaming and in theaters. Today, I'm talking to my friend Amy Brown, who is going to be in a new HBO Max movie called Holiday Harmony. In the movie review, I'll talk about a new comedy thriller called The Menu that I just watched in theaters. And in the trailer park, we'll talk about Will Smith's return in a movie called Emancipation and how we feel about him starring in a movie since the Oscar incident. Thank you for being subscribed. If you're not, hit that subscribe button to get brand new episodes every single Monday. And now, let's talk movies. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. About to get into my conversation with Amy Brown, who is going to be in a new movie called Holiday Harmony that is hitting HBO Max this Thursday. The movie is about a character named Gail, who is a singer-songwriter who lives out of her van, performing all across the country, trying to make it as an artist. She finally lands the opportunity of a lifetime, getting to perform at an iHeartRadio Christmas Eve concert, but then takes a bit of a detour on the way as she breaks down in Harmony Springs, Oklahoma. It's a story about Christmas, it's a story about following your dreams. But now let's hear from Amy on her debut movie role. I am in studio now with Amy from Holiday Harmony. How are you doing? Oh, I'm Amy from Holiday Harmony. That is who you are. <laughs> Not Amy Brown or Amy from The Bobby Bone Show or Amy from Four Things. You are here as an actress today. I, I know. It's kind of crazy. So, well, 
I am an actress, but in the movie, I'm playing myself. But you still act in the movie. That is true. I did have to act. I'm nervous because, well, you've seen it mm -hmm. and you're going to give a review. And I have to be honest with that. I have the same link that you have for a pre-screening and I can't bring myself to watch it. You haven't watched it yet. No, I can't decide if I just want to experience it Thanksgiving Day like everybody else and watch it with my kids and everybody be there and then, you know, probably close my eyes whenever my scenes come on. Why do you think that is that you're so nervous to watch yourself back? Is it that you don't feel like you did a good job? You just cringe at the thought of seeing yourself <laughs> on screen? I think it's new to me. I have not ever done anything like this. And with the movie role, I was very nervous but also excited. So I don't know if I'll be one of those people that just can't watch themselves on screen. Maybe I I think part of it is, Mike, I wish I would have taken some acting lessons before. And then I would have gone in with a little more confidence. So you're saying you're used to being on a stage. Yes. You're used to talking to a microphone in the radio show. Yes. So for you, I feel like you're a natural performer. Like you can just walk into a room, you can start a conversation with anybody. You have that about you. When you felt and you were on set doing this movie, do you feel like that came out? There was like a switch in your brain? I tried to turn it on. I definitely told myself, okay, you're here. This is something that you've dreamt about but never really thought would ever happen. That's what, being in a, a Christmas movie is something that I just said I would enjoy one day. Like that would be cool, but would I ever really do it? I don't know. And it would come up casually here on the show or in talking with friends. Oh, I would love to be the barista at the coffee shop where the two main characters fall in love or whatever <laughs> in the small mountain town and it's snowing outside. And I would have a small role just because those Christmas movies make me feel good. I love everything about them. I have since it's sort of, they gained notoriety on Hallmark and then Lifetime, I think, started making some. And then now they're everywhere. Netflix they're picks cool. them up. Yeah, H ours is on HBO Max, which is one of the coolest of the coolest places, I think, that there is to stream something. So there's more and more of them out there, which is awesome. But I have always loved them. And I know a lot of people have, but I think it's because how they make me feel. And they just feel, they're feel-good stories. I love the holidays. I love the coziness. I love the same storyline over and over and over. It's so predictable, but I don't care. Although Holiday Harmony took a different twist, especially with like the singing and the her career and kind of where she was going. I know bits and pieces because I read some of the script. Haven't watched it yet. <laughs> but I obviously know where she's coming from, what my, what my job was as her guide in a way in the bathroom. <laughs> that was my job. I had that one scene. That was a pivotal moment for her. So I knew I had to turn it on and show up and do my job. Even though it was exciting, I just still was nervous too. It's just all the things, Mike, all the things. I want to get back to your scene here in a bit, but you said this was always a dream of yours. Yeah. Was it an instant yes when the role was offered to you? When this opportunity came, was it an instant yes? Instant. I was over the moon. I, don't, I didn't even know many details at all whatsoever. I think I heard, would you ever be interested in doing a Christmas? Yes. <laughs> Yes, I would. I don't even think. So before you knew it, like how much it paid, how much time commitment yeah. it was going to be, it was just automatic yes. Automatic yes. That's <laughs> it. Like, I mean, there are, yeah, you didn't have to twist my arm. I just was thankful that it worked out with the show. Obviously, Bobby always works with us if we've got something cool going on, like he'll figure it out. But this was interesting too, because it was part of iHeartRadio. And one of our bosses in New York, Tom Pullman, was the one that was given the script. And so I guess I was probably shocked too that he read the script and then thought, oh, 
would Amy Brown be interested in this? And then Sissany from Ryan Seacrest Show, she's also considered. I think they wanted two females in radio. But that my name made the shortlist or the list or that I came to mind for him. But I was totally flattered and honored and said yes right away. So you get the part. How intimidating is it once you get your lines and you see how much you have to learn? Oh, I was studying it. I got out highlighters and pens and they said, you know, we'll have you'll have freedom to make it your own. But this is what we would like to see happen. But also when the cameras are rolling, if other things come out, that's okay. Don't feel like you have to stick just to this script. And there were some things where I I was like, oh, I don't know that I would say it this way. And so I would start just practicing it in the way that I felt most comfortable with, but also was still in their parameters. I didn't want to go completely rogue. Yeah. Well, I actually think that the, the storyline or the, the, the scene or my part of the script should go like this. I didn't deviate too much, but I tried to make sure, especially since I was playing myself, that it sounded like something I would authentically say. I think that is what came across in your scene. And when you came on screen, I got really excited. <laughs> and then when you started acting, I was like, I know she is being Amy Brown right now, but I felt there was some genuine acting there. And I could see that. So that I wondered if all of that was like the lines, you, like you said, or it was some of you adding in like how you would say it. Because that came across like perfectly. Well, so they needed my character to have an agent and to have an experience of having other people try to tell you who you're supposed to be in the spotlight. And that felt a little weird to me because I don't have an agent. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's where I struggled. So that part was the the acting, the, I don't really think our, my position on the Bobby Bone show, no one's ever forced me to be anything that I'm not. So I felt very fortunate in that because I know that's not the case for a lot of people that have jobs, whether they're an on-air personality, they're on TV, they're on stage, performers, you know, they sometimes are put in really crazy positions where they're altering a lot about themselves or they feel like they have to change in a certain way. And so I was trying to tap into that of what would it really feel like if someone had ever told me I couldn't be who I was. And ultimately, that's what's happening with Gail. You know, she's suddenly doesn't even recognize herself. And she doesn't feel good in her skin because she she wants to be Gail Trevor's up there. Yeah. And she's not able to be because of the label. And so that was that was what I had to tap into. That was the acting. Because, you know, you know, you've worked with me for years. We're not told you, oh, you need to be more yeah. <laughs> country, less country, more girly, less girly, which was my line. And I, I had, but I had to say to her, hey, I get it. I've been where you are. But I also know other pressures. So I tried to just think of those and what I would genuinely say to a coworker or anybody at, here on the show if I ran into them in the bathroom. What, what, what would I say to them? And that's sort of what that, that scene was. I mean, we were literally in the iHeartRadio bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that scene was great. And like you said, it was a pivotal moment in the entire movie. There was no way they could cut you out. <laughs> no, I mean, that I think was was my saving grace just in case I ended up being terrible. They would have to completely reshoot the scene with somebody else because the it changes the trajectory of what she does, so. I'm curious about the filming process and all the different roles of the people on the movie. So when you get on set, what exactly does the director do? Do you get to meet with him? I do. He came up and introduced himself to me right away. And I... I, I don't know if this is on every set 
It, it can't be because, you know, you hear horror stories. But every single person was so cool. And I was I was a little bit shocked that multiple producers, directors, writers came up, shook my hand, knew my name, knew exactly what I was going to be doing. They, it was It was set up that way even before I met them in L.A. because they were all on the emails. I could just tell they were very involved. And I'd be like, wow, I can't believe they're taking the time to email me right now. You would think they would have an assistant's assistant or somebody Mm -hmm. doing it. I don't know. I just had this Hollywood image in my mind of what communication would look like. Mm -hmm. Um, But it couldn't have been more personal. And so, yeah, super friendly staff, everyone. Even, you know, Lauren Swickard, she pulled me aside. She's one of the writers on it and a producer. She even has a few scenes in it as well. But she pulled me aside outside the bathroom before I went in. And she said, just say it to me now how you plan on saying it once you get in the bathroom. And I have to say too, let me back up, walking into the bathroom, the acting of just casually walking into the bathroom because I followed her. I struggled with that. That's not even words. You're just having to walk in a room. It's supposed to be natural, but sometimes doing something natural on camera like totally amplifies. Yes, because there's sound guys, there's camera guys. You're, you know, I I tried to be like, okay, just be cool. Be like you're walking into a bathroom. But I also was sort of putting myself in a situation. Nobody invited me to the bathroom. So I I knew I needed to be hesitant Mm -hmm. in my approach because it's not like I was just walking into the bathroom with a friend. I was walking in the bathroom as someone that picked up on something. My intuition picked up on something and I went in to be a guide. And so I had to kind of cautiously walk in. It's not like she's my best friend either. You know, I'm more of someone that she's just working with in the movie. So anyway, that walking was acting. So we'll see. I don't know if you picked up on any weirdness with my walking. I don't think it looked weird at all. Okay, good. It looked natural. Well, my bathroom's lines outside of there, outside of the bathroom, Lauren Swickard went over them with me and she said, say them, say them how you plan on saying them. And so I did it. And she said, okay, that's good. But I want you to think about it this way. And I want you to try to use this tone. And then she would voice the tone to me of what, like softer, like almost, you know, less country, more country, more a whisper. It's more like I was just talking them because I was talking the lines out with a, with a friend. And she's like, you need to be more, I don't know, I can't even remember the words she used to describe it. But whatever she told me in that moment was so helpful. And having her mimic it, like her do it and then me mimic her was incredibly helpful. And that was right before we went in to film. And we filmed it probably, you know, four or five takes. And I don't know which ones they ended up going with or if they patched certain ones together. I don't know how it came together because, again, still haven't seen it. (laughs) Well, again, I think the scene was great. I think a lot of what I picked up on from your acting is that sometimes when I see early actors doing their work, it's very apparent that they're reading lines. And with you, it felt very natural. Like it was like you being you. And that came across. My jaw just dropped because you watch and critique movies, well, for a living, but even before you had this podcast, you did it for fun. Yeah. This is your pat, like movies are your thing. And so that really means a lot coming from you because you watch a lot of things and you're watching for things that I maybe wouldn't even ever see. I watched for that and I just wanted to see how you would do. And I was really surprised and really (laughs) happy for you. Like I got excited. And so now I wonder, what what is next for you? Like, what do you want to do with this? I know you've had this kind of moment of you're taking acting classes now and you had this 
kind of struggle of like, who am I? Like, what am I doing taking acting classes? Where is that going now? Well, so I left L.A. It was a whirlwind of a day. Every little experience on set from the trailer to the makeup to the lunchtime, which I'm sure some of that would die, die off the more you do it. But for me, it got it. We were not supposed to be there that long. I think it was supposed to be a four or five hour day. And we were there for so long. And when I left there, I was energized. And I, I went to bed with just this extra pep in my step when I should have been exhausted. And so I just sat with that for a while. And what does that mean? And what could this mean? And, and the first thing that popped in my head when I was asking myself that is, well, maybe it means this is something that you would actually really enjoy doing and that would fill your cup up and bring you joy. And then that thought was immediately followed with another angel, devil, I don't know what you want to call it, but like the counterpart of my brain that's like, oh, but you could never do that. And why would you even think you can do that? And you're 41 years old. And But when I got into radio, I had never done radio either. And now here we are almost 17 years later. And I didn't want to keep myself from that. What if 20 years from now when I'm 61, I maybe have a few movies under my belt? Not, I don't. I don't know that I have this vision of me being some main character in any way, but just being a part of the process and that being another layer to creativity and something that I like to do. And I thought, so I thought about that. I thought about how I'd never done radio, but I gave it a go and it just took Bobby believing in me. And I, I feel like the Lauren Swickard in particular, she was on my podcast. The episode will go up this week on Thanksgiving day when when the movie comes out, it'll be on four things. But she, I feel as though she was genuine when she said, you you do have something. So, and apparently my name has come up in some meetings that they've had for other films. I don't know for what, because she didn't elaborate. But I don't think she would have said that out of nowhere. But it just gave me that extra little piece of validation. So anyway, all that to say, I wanted to be able to know that when I'm 60, at least I gave it a try. Maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't, and I don't have a few movies under my belt, but at least I'll know that I tried. And so that's when I decided to book acting lessons. Well, I can see it in you, and I hope you do another movie. I think you could easily translate into another holiday movie like this with a similar role. I mean, I think if you're taking the acting classes, why not go for like a supporting character? (laughs) Well, okay, I just need to get up my confidence and I need to audition for things, I think. Mm -hmm. And and I'm okay with rejection too. Obviously, nobody wants to be rejected, but I know that that's how I'm gonna, that's gonna be me putting myself out there and I'll be proud of myself for just doing that. And then from each rejection, I can grow and and learn or know that that wasn't the right fit or maybe I could have done it a different way. But I'm I'm going to continue working with my coach and see where that goes. Some of my acting lessons, though, Mike, have been very therapeutic. She does, her name's Bridget, and she works with, you know, working with Lainey Wilson, you know, in her Yellowstone stuff. And, you know, John Party was in here not too long ago saying he auditioned for some stuff, but and he had been working with Bridget. So I knew that she was good, but I didn't know the different things she was going to be able to bring out in me, but I just heard multiple things about her around town. So I honestly was shocked that I was able to get in with her. And when she sat down with me, she said, you know, you really kind of have to go from deep within yourself when you're tapping into a character and that you're able, like you can use different feelings and emotions you have inside you as long as you're able to tap into them. And so she said that we've done some work. She's like, mm, I'm sensing 
like a lot of anger. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, maybe I need to get find an angry character. But at at that day, the day that I met with her, it's crazy. I really did have some anger things going on and some stuff I was processing. And that's genuinely what I was feeling. And so she worked with that and we did a few exercises and I started bawling crying. Wow. And she does a lot of breath work. And then and then after we do all of that, then she hands you some scripts and we run lines. But it's like she wants you to tap into what's going on with you before you even pick up a script with her. So it's been really cool. That's fascinating. <laughs> Isn't it though? Yeah. Like she's good. I'm excited to see where it goes. And I'm, I've even, you know, you kind of have to pick and choose. I don't have all the time being a mom and doing the different, the, the shows and the podcast. And uh, I also am in therapy as well, but it's been so therapeutic for me that I've stopped some of my other therapy appointments so that I can prioritize this, not only just time-wise, but financially, like I'm like, oh, okay, we need to see where I'm spending money. But that's how that's how cool this process has been to me. It's worth putting something else on the sidelines to s- invest in this and see where it's going to go. So you haven't watched the movie yet. It comes out this Thursday. How are you going to sit down and watch it? Because I think holiday movies, I feel like there's this setting I like to put myself into. Of The tree is on. Just have this cozy environment. How are you finally going to sit down and watch this movie? I am going to be in Austin for Thanksgiving with, I'm having Thanksgiving with my best friend from high school, Andrea, which shout out, it was her dad's Culver's that I even met Bobby at in 2005. (laughs) So (laughs) if it wasn't for Andrea, Mike, you and I would not be sitting here talking. (laughs) You know, I assume maybe we'll all gather around like after we finish Thanksgiving. And she said that her parents, she lives two houses down from her parents. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll be with them as well. And that her parents have like a little movie room. Mm-hmm. And so we may all gather in there with blankets and popcorn and yeah, hot cocoa, make it a, a whole thing, a holiday thing. Get the kids, be like, all right, kids, mom's big, big screen debut. That is how I see it happening. But I don't know for sure. I'll have to tell you afterwards what we ended up doing. But that's the plan right now. Well, I think people are going to like it. I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised when they see you and see your scene. I am one, I told you, Christmas movies are my least favorite genre. (laughs) I know, I was like, oh great, well, now I'm extra nervous. But I ended up enjoying the movie, and I thought that... Did your wife watch it? Yeah, she watched it too. We both liked it, and she is the one who's kind of changed my opinion going into movies like this, because I realize now that it's a lot of the stuff is predictable, but it's that kind of journey and that comfortability and just knowing that exactly what it is going into it, that that's the joy people find in these movies. That took me a long time to kind of understand. I like to watch movies to have my mind challenged, but I realized sometimes you just need to put a movie on, feels comfortable, you sit down with some family and friends, and that is at the core of what really makes a movie special. So I think holiday movies do that, and I think that's what this movie is going to be. Yeah, you're going to feel good after you watch it. Yeah. Like it's, or any holiday movie, because you know that somehow there's going to be joy there at the end, and it's going to work out. So that's what, that, that predictability part, I'm there with you on that, and I'm thankful that you've been, you've been able to realize that, and now you can enjoy <laughs> them with us. The hardest part for me probably is, like, grasping on to, like, the love interest scenes. Like, that's just hard for me to, like, find enjoyment in. So I think in that regard, this movie probably isn't entirely for me, but I can see somebody 
who does love those types of things and loves those type of themes will enjoy. What do you think of Annalise, the main character? Well, her character name is Gail, but in real life, her name's Annalise. I thought she was great. I thought she was perfect. Yeah. She was in West Side Story, the one that they redid. The Steven Spielberg one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought the music, at like having the music at the forefront kind of made me a little bit more interested in it because I kind of grasp onto that a little more than, like I said, like the love story. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of funny characters in the movie, and I was just waiting the entire time for your scene to come up, and then I thought it was great. How much is left after the bathroom scene till it ends? It's like your scene is probably in the last 20 minutes of the entire movie. Wow, okay. And that's a, that's a pivotal point in the movie. That is where you get to the <laughs> final act, the final thing. Yeah. Okay, so it's, yeah, if people want to watch, you got to wait. You got to watch all the way. <laughs> you got to watch the entire movie. To the end, to get there. Well, this has been great. I love talking to you as the actress, not Amy Brown from the radio show, not Amy Brown from Four Things, the actress. Oh, well, you're my first interview, <laughs> so sorry if I was stumbling a little bit. I swear to you, I'm nervous, and I don't, we talk all the time. <laughs> So I don't know why that is, but maybe it's because, yeah, this is a new space, but nerves are good. Nerves are good. So I'm trying to lean into them. And I would just say to other people, because I had that thought in my head, oh, maybe I should take acting lessons. And then it was immediately, when I tell you, Mike, it's like that fast that the other thought pops into my head. And I'm sure other people have that too, but it could be regarding another type of job or another decision that you need to make or a hobby you want to try or a side hustle or something in life that you want to do or school you want to go to or whatever it is, just that's, I think that's when, if you're really paying attention, you'll notice how quickly it happens. And then you maybe use that to be like, okay, because my brain just did that to me, I'm freaking going to go do the other thing that I was scared of. And I, I picked up that technique after I, when I was in eating disorder recovery, I would want the Oreos, and I would be at the grocery store, and I knew it would be okay for me to buy the Oreos, but I never trusted myself to buy Oreos before. And I'd be like, oh, I'm going to get Oreos. And then instantly my head would be like, no, you can't trust yourself with those. You can't have the Oreos. And then now I just, if, if I have that thought, if I can't have them, then I grab the Oreos and I throw them in my cart. Like it's normal. It's, it's, it's called as if, as if it's normal. So like as if. Do it as if you would just do it without that negative thought that pops into your head right away. And so you can apply it to all kinds of things in your life. But I'm thankful that I was aware of it because I think there was a time in my life, maybe before some of this therapy and other work that I've done, that I would have let that negative thought rule. And it would have shut everything down and been like, okay, yep, end of story. I'm 41. Why would I even try this? Who cares? You suck. Goodbye. And then that would be the end of it, you know? And I wouldn't be sitting here with you because I'd be like, oh, why would you want to interview from a podcast? So stupid. So here we go. I don't know. That's just my also tidbit takeaway. I know it has nothing to do with movies, but I just, it's something that's served me well the last couple of years. Well, I think that's inspiring. I think everybody should watch Holiday Harmony on HBO Max on Thursday or whenever you're listening to this podcast. Go watch it for the holiday season. Because how long does it stream? I, I don't know. It should be on there. Like forever? For, it should be on there forever. Sometimes HBO Max takes off old titles. They get rid of them. Yeah. But that's why everybody should go watch it now. They may take it away. Yeah, they may take it away. <laughs> and then if you stream it, that's awesome. If you're looking for a way to get it free, that is, if you don't have HBO Max, I know if you have Hulu, they have a seven-day free trial. Mm -hmm. So if you get it now, you'll have it for the next seven days at least. And you can watch Holiday Harmony. You can watch all the episodes of Friends. <laughs> you can watch White Lotus. 
Hacks. What other things do we like on HBO Max? Righteous Gemstones. Yeah, Righteous Gemstones. Don't watch that with the kids. <laughs> yeah, so there's other reasons to, to hop on the HBO Max train. But I know for some people, if you're not subscribed to it, maybe if you do have Hulu, you can get it free. And I think when it comes to just being a movie fan, it's one of the strongest ones that has a lot of good movies. That's one of my go-tos. Yeah. So to have you now on HBO Max is kind of cool. That is crazy, huh? Well, so. thank you, Amy, for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I could talk to you all day long if you can't tell. <laughs> I think you've tried to wrap me up like three times. And I'm like, so, Mike, what else do <laughs> no, you want to talk good. about? <laughs> we'll see you next time you do your next movie. Okay, yeah. Happy to come back. Let's see, do we're, it. Ma- we're thinking positively. We're, we're thinking next role. We're manifesting that. Let's go. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's get into a spoiler-free movie review now. I want to talk about The Menu, which is out in theaters now. And this movie had me intrigued from the trailer, but... It was unlike anything that I was expecting. I honestly had pretty low expectations going into this movie. So maybe that's why I ended up enjoying it as much as I did. But the movie is about all of these rich people who pay $1,250 to go on this remote island to have this very exclusive dinner from this chef. And then things start to get weird. And then they realize that maybe not all of them will survive the evening. So before I get into this full review, here is just a little bit of the menu trailer. This menu. The pictures, they're of us. This guest list, this entire evening. Jesus Christ. This is just theater, it's stagecraft. We're leaving, now. Has been painstakingly planned. This is real, isn't it? What the hell is going on? No, we're going to die today. So the movie revolves around this couple. You have Anya Taylor-Joy's character and Nicholas Holt. They are going on a date to this island. And the guy she is dating is a very big foodie. And he's telling her all these things about this very famous chef. And they get on this boat and there's all these other famous people, rich people who have all paid this incredible amount of money to go and experience this dinner 
They get to the island, they get to the dinner, which is supposed to be a few hours. And then pretty soon after that, once the meal starts, there's a lot of theatrics and they're trying to decide whether or not the things that are happening are all a part of the experience or they are in for more than they bargained for. And they all start to question whether or not they are all going to survive this evening. And it escalates pretty quickly. I think one of the things I enjoyed the most about this movie is how it blended horror, comedy, and suspense. It was like this thriller at the core of it. But there were moments that I felt like it was a traditional horror film and some of the things that were just out of nowhere to where it starts to get very intense. I was like, wow, I really wasn't expecting this level of violence going into this movie, but that really tied in with the very subtle dark comedy in this movie. It is unlike any other horror comedy I've ever seen. It's nothing like Shaun of the Dead or anything like that. So don't go into it expecting that. I just felt like this movie was very novel and there aren't very many films that I can compare it to. It kind of has that Knives Out vibe, but there's no real murder mystery here. It has a little bit of like a Black Mirror element to it. It also kind of reminded me of Saw, when you realize all of these people are there for a very specific reason, and the chef has hand-selected every single one of them, and you find out why. And the entire movie really plays into the idea of this menu, and the fact that this entire night has been so orchestrated and every scene and every act takes place in courses, just like a meal would. So whenever the first course comes out, something crazy happens. The next course, something else crazy happens. And it goes all the way to the dessert. So that was just a really cool, fun way to structure this entire movie and also keep the pacing going and going along. Because as the viewer, you're just waiting for the crazy thing that's going to happen next, the crazy thing that's going to elevate it even more. And on top of that, since it is following this whole menu format, if you are a fan of food, you are going to love this movie. And I'm a vegan, but they were making some meat in this movie that looked delicious. And I wanted to be in that restaurant. I'll take all the crazy things happening just to try some of that food. And that's coming from somebody who eats basically plants all the time. I wanted to eat what they were eating. And a very well-rounded cast with Ray Fiennes really carrying this entire movie you have Voldemort in one of his most sinister roles I've ever seen him in and he plays it perfectly probably could have only been him to do this part you mix that with Anya Taylor-Joy who I love her in anything she's in now except maybe Amsterdam which I don't really count that one against her but she is just such a great lead I love John Leguizamo and all of the other supporting cast and it also had a lot of my other favorite elements when it comes to a movie, a movie that, and it also had a lot of my other favorite elements that I indulged in, like a movie that takes place entirely in one day. This movie is basically just one evening and really only has one location on this island, most of it taking place inside that restaurant. So you have to know if there aren't a whole lot of set changes, not a whole lot of other things going on. The actual action has to pack a punch. And that's exactly what this movie does. And even though it's not a straight on mystery, it keeps you guessing and thinking of what's going to happen next. What the big plan here is the entire time. And the movie does end up making a commentary 
on class and how food ties into that and how wealthy people can have nicer things. And there's also the other side of it of the people working at this restaurant represent the people who work in the service industry. So there's also this message of this clash of classes that I thought made a pretty strong point. So I thought the movie was great from beginning to end. At about an hour and 45 minutes, this movie doesn't waste any time to get going. Has great action, has some great visuals, has some pretty brutal scenes. Depending on your level of queasiness and how you deal with violence, maybe make you gasp a little bit. There were even some scenes that I, who I'm totally numb to all this stuff, I have been desensitized since I was a kid to watching crazy things. Some of it was still surprising to me. And I think even if you're a person who doesn't like horror movies, it's not really scary in any way. I would say it's just more shocking. And the thing I was just most surprised about is I wasn't expecting this movie to end up being one of my favorites out of the entire year. Maybe when you go into something with as low expectations or really no expectations whatsoever, only a movie like that could do it for you. I don't want to overhype this movie, but just the fact that it felt so unique to me, it was unlike anything I had seen in a very long time, that's what really made me enjoy it. So if I had to rate the menu, I would give it 4.5 out of 5 kitchen knives. If you're looking for something suspenseful to watch in theaters, look no further than the menu. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time to head down to Movie Mike's Trailer Park. The movie is called Emancipation. It stars Will Smith. It is his first role since slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars. And I think that's where everybody's mind goes to right away. It was going to be whatever role he had following that incident that would be the one that people would talk about the most. It's interesting because this movie looks so good that I think that is the reason people are even split on this movie. I think before that, it would have been an instant like, oh, Will Smith is in another great movie. 
about a very powerful subject. But everything I see about this movie is people debating whether or not they will even watch it. So we'll get into all that. But the movie is about Peter, who is a slave that flees a plantation in Louisiana after he was whipped within an inch of his life. And now he has to outwit these hunters who are out to get him in the swamps of Louisiana as he travels north trying to find his family. And then he also joins the Union Army. So before we get into all of that, here is just a little bit of the Emancipation trailer. I fight them. They beat me. They whip me. They break the bones in my body. More times than I can count. But they never, never break me. So first of all, this trailer looks stunning. The cinematography in this is top notch. And that's usually what you get when you watch a movie that is an Apple TV Plus original. Cinematically, they look so rich. They don't really have the biggest titles yet that I think, oh, you need to get Apple to watch all these great movies. But as particular as I get with how a movie looks, just very crisp and clear, like I'm just so into that, probably a little bit too much that I just love Apple TV Plus for that. And in this movie, it is scaled in black and white with a little bit of like these rust tones. So I just love the look and feel of this movie. Even the big drone shots of capturing the swamps of Louisiana, I think look magnificent. But aside from that, I feel like this is about a very powerful subject and a story I didn't really know a whole lot about. But the more I read about it, I really want to see this movie. So Will Smith plays Peter and it's based on a true story. And in this trailer, you see him get ripped away from his family. You see him getting beaten and you see him escaping and trying to find salvation as he travels north. And then also towards the end of this trailer, you see him fighting in the Union Army. And just by the looks of this trailer, it looks like some of the most powerful acting that Will Smith has ever done in his career we had King Richard last year, which we got a peek of how well he could handle drama. I mean, he's been doing it his entire career, but that took it a step higher. It got him the Oscar. And now this movie seems to be the same caliber of acting with a more intense subject, with a more intense character. So it would almost be easy to say that he'd be another shoe in for best actor, but he is now ineligible from the Oscars. So I think where the divide comes with this movie is are you ready to watch Will Smith in another movie again? And I am one that I can usually separate the art from the artist, especially when it comes to movies. We don't know these people in Hollywood. They live on an entirely different planet, it seems like. And I can't base people on the characters they play in movies. It's just, it's not them. They're acting. So I try not to associate the real life person with the actor on screen. There are a lot of actors that I like that I probably would not enjoy hanging out with in real life or also know that they're probably not the nicest people, but I can still enjoy their work. When it comes to what happened at the Oscars and the fact that we're even still now talking about it seems a little bit like who cares at this point, but I get that. When somebody does something like that, it is a reflection on their character. So it does become harder for me anyway to separate the art from the artist and this being his next movie role to come out. It feels like you almost have to pick a side on whether or not you're going to watch this movie 
And I've been thinking about it. I didn't even know if I would include this in the trailer park, but as I rewatched the trailer again and again, I found myself saying that this would be a movie that I would watch and I can't let that incident influence my desire to watch this movie. So I'm going to watch it and not think about him as the person and just try to hone in on what the story being told here is. It's from director Antoine Fuqua, who also did movies like Training Day, Southpaw, and The Equalizer. So he has a pretty good portfolio when it comes to the movies he's directed. And this movie appears to be fairly accurate to what actually happened in this story. There is a part in the trailer where he goes to hand-to-hand combat with an alligator. I'm not sure if that is 100% historically accurate, but visually that looks like something I want to watch. Will Smith fighting an alligator in the swamp. Yes, that does sound Oscar-worthy. It's like Leonardo DiCaprio fighting a bear. And being completely honest, I think right after the Oscar incident happened, it did take me a little bit to like Will Smith again because he was a person who banked on his likability, his presence on social media of just being a nice guy. That was kind of his brand and that was taken away from him and it's kind of like building back trust with somebody who did you wrong. So I would have called myself a fan of Will Smith, the actor before that and I wouldn't exactly call myself a fan of his now, but I'm still curious to watch his work so I can completely understand if you don't ever want to watch him in a movie ever again. That is your opinion. I feel like it's there's some validity there. I think for some, it'll take longer to separate that. And maybe this isn't the role. This isn't the subject that you want to dive into another Will Smith movie again. I am just curious to see in general how this movie is received once it comes out. If it gets now zero or no attention from the award shows, I think that'll definitely speak volumes. And to see how Will Smith goes about promoting this movie, doing interviews again, doing red carpets. That will also be interesting to see how he handles that. So again, the movie is called Emancipation. It comes out in theaters on December 2nd and then is streaming on Apple TV Plus on December 9th. And that was this week's edition of Movie Minds Trailer Park. And that's going to do it for another episode here of the podcast. Thank you for listening and thank you for making it to this point of the podcast. If you are new here, what I like to do is give out a secret emoji. So if you enjoy the interview this week, there's always a secret emoji you can comment with on Instagram, on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter to let me know you enjoyed it. So for the Amy Brown interview, go and comment on the picture we took together with the Christmas tree emoji if you enjoyed that. And also at the end of every episode, I like to give my listener shout out of someone who has showed me support online and listen to the podcast. And this week, the listener shout out is from Instagram and it's a DM I got from Linz who wrote, I'm racking my brain to try to think of other movies you've given a five out of five rating since the podcast inception. Great episode this week. Really like the format and the deep dive into how a movie makes a billion dollars. Well, appreciate it, Linz, for sending me that DM. And since I started this podcast in December 2019, there have only been three movies I've given a five out of five rating. And those movies are Joker, Spider-Man No Way Home, and last week to Black Panther Wakanda Forever. That is it. It is very rare for me to find a perfect movie that I could say nothing bad about. And yes, I am showing my bias when it comes to me loving superhero movies. So thank you, Lens, for that DM. Thank you for listening. I hope you subscribe to the podcast if you enjoyed this week's episode. Tell a friend who 
also loves movies, who loves spoiler-free reviews, just tag me and tag them in your Insta story, and I'll repost those throughout the week. And until next time, go out and watch good movies, and I will talk to you later. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.